broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge when you hear that sound you know you're on the purge pod welcome back to another episode of the purge pod halloween edition spooky johnny i don't have kids but you do <laughs> what are you guys doing for halloween about an hour and a half here i've got to go get my luigi costume on and then proceed to carry my kids and throw out my back for the next two hours as we go down streets that inevitably will wind up terrifying them because there's too many people because COVID made them both afraid of large crowds. So it's, it's going to be great. We're going to have very different Halloweens because I'm going to go to uh, the new Soho house here in, in Mexico City dressed as Johnny Depp in Fear and Loathing. Nice. So I will be doing that tonight. I will be trick-and-treating in a very different way. Every time I talk to you and I hear what you're doing, <laughs> I think I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> comes to mind. I mean, huge, no, I'm kidding. Huge. I love my family. Love them to death. <laughs> Johnny's face for everyone who didn't get to see it was pretty great. All right. This week's episode is Caddyshack. We're throwing it back. The oldest movie we've done to date. Johnny, you have a confession to make though about this movie. Go ahead. Out yourself. So... I had a hard time with this because I've, I've realized that I, I don't think I've ever watched Caddyshack the whole way through. I think I've seen bits here and there, but I'm going to out myself as this is probably the most egregious act of pop culture that I have not seen. It's it's a must watch when you get a chance to. It's the height of their powers, Chevy Chase and, yeah. all and legends. Bill Murray. All legends. Danger Dangerfield. All you see, you're like, oh, yeah. wow. Dangerfield's on, like, he is just on point. Lines left and right the whole time. Yeah. Judge Schmales, I don't even know who that actor is. It's just so epic, so epic. Don't ever watch the sequel. The sequel is one of the worst movies ever created. I didn't you know there was a sequel. Whoever. Yeah, don't even. They have a guy who who's faking. They have another guy who's playing the same character the same exact character as Dangerfield, but it's not Dangerfield. It's just some knockoff comic. It's awful. Oh. It's god-awful. Don't ever do it. Yeah, it's wow. horrible. Yeah. All right. But definitely worth a watch. Incredible all the way around. Let's we're gonna get we're gonna start with some league updates. Johnny, we have two standings now. That's correct. Two standings. Yeah, it gets we're in the the weird time, the the time between times, the overlap, as we call it. Funnily enough, I think Thursday was one of the only time, maybe four times in history, that you had football, baseball, basketball, and hockey all playing on the same day. We're just sticking with the theme. We're, we're in the overlap. Basketball kicked off to not too many surprises in our what, what our last pod had on who was going to be good or who was going to be bad. And we're still now, as we're going to get into, we're in the height of the race here for some money. Uh, a lot of trades are happening. A lot of participation. Some surprise moves, I'd say, both ways. People buying who I didn't think would be buying and people selling who I don't understand why they're selling. It's, it's interesting right now. But let's do a quick, you have a prediction about what's going to happen within the standings for this season mm-hmm. between Sam and Brad, who are, it, they're, I wouldn't say, are they mathematically out of getting first or second and they're going for third? Or 
where does that stand right now? I think third um, place is the biggest race, right? Not mathematically. So to to announce maybe 30 minutes ago, for those not paying attention, Brad and I just pushed a deal through. He bought Jalen Waddle for me for $15, sent me back to Atwell. I'm officially basically out with six losses and how good the top end of this group is now. I need to start planning for next year. Waddle's a guy at 30 bucks. I didn't have the keeper value for it. Brad has a need for eight games here. So what I, what it's looking like to me is right now, I, I think that Zach and, and Donnie probably have the strongest teams. And I, I'd put them at the bye, not to knock Sam or, or Gron's his teams overall. I just, I think the other two are a little bit stronger. If they get the buys, you could have a Sam versus Brad week one of playoffs scenario, which would be the third place game. If Zach misses a buy or Donnie missed, Donnie's pretty safe for one or two at this point. But if Zach missed the buy, you could have a Sam or Brad first round knockout punch that would require them to probably win out and also have Zach lose out. But still possible for a second place finish for either Sam or Brad, or depending on how they do. And and looking at money this year, that would affect Sam the most because Sam has not won any money this year. While Brad did win the 150 from baseball regular season, correct. So that's interesting to to take a look there. And oddly enough, looking at this, I'm just realizing this in real time. Donnie, Yoni, and Don have not. They did not have. They have not won any money this year. They so they're yet. going for it all. This is this is big for them. This is huge. Looks like they'll probably get it in in football unless some stuff changes. But yeah, it looks Zach won baseball. Zach Griffin won baseball, so they're doing well. You won basketball. Gerbert was a regular season basketball winner, and football is still undecided. So a lot up in the air here. If Sam was to lose that third place, that's big time. But also he's vying for the third overall cost as well. So I think there's a lot to a lot to be had and figured out yet. And to put it in um, perspective so. too, we're talking about a lot of money still available on the table to be won in the league, right? Around fifty seven hundred dollars is left to win. Regular season football is gonna wind up at a seven fifty. Or sorry, regular season gets the one fifty. The winner overall in football winds up with seven fifty. But when we're talking about these end of the year races, first place is $2,800. Second place is $1,300. And your third place person winds up with about, oddly enough, $666, which is just perfect for the perch. But when, when Zach's 30 points behind Donnie here for first, if Donnie loses second round of playoffs, even after the bye, then, and Zach goes to the championship, that's a $1,500, $1,400 swing for teams. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of buying here these last four weeks before our trade deadline. And it looks like there's four. And now with Brad coming in, maybe five buyers. That's a lot of buying. Yeah. That's going to be, this is going to be a fun little race here over the next four weeks. Yeah. And I think the thing to remember too, is there's that extra, and it could come into play. Who knows? There's that extra five points you get for winning the, for winning the, the whole thing in, in the sport. Mm-hmm. So that five points could come into play for sure. So it's still anyone's race. What are, what are matchups we have this week actually in football? Is there any intriguing ones? Let's see. You've got a Grands versus uh, Brusser. That's got playoff implications. Gerbert's mm-hmm. not out of playoffs completely yet. They haven't sold at all. They have Sam this week. So, you know, that's a, that could be a tough matchup. Zach and I, Zach's got some buys this week. Uh, so we're I'm playing Zach, and even though I'm out of it, it looks like we might be in a little bit of a shootout. 
And and honestly, a team we haven't really talked about who's been no man's land right now is Foe. They're drawing Donnie's team, and Foe's not an easy out mm. either. They've got a good football team. Um, the only game that no and one really cares board. about is the you and Tim. <laughs> <laughs> the two sellers, the two yeah. aggressive sellers. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Let seg- segueing into trades. There's okay. a lot of trades we have to talk about, and so usually we do three awards. We're going to add a, a fourth, not award, but just topic here called one of my favorite lines from Caddyshack. Hey, you, pick up that blood. Go, you, Angie, pick up that blood. Lots of blood in trades, both in our fantasy league and also in the sports themselves. I think today we were surprised by a lot of trades that went down in the NFL. And then also in the NBA, there was the Harden trade that went down yeah. last night. That saga is now done, but let's talk about the trades that have happened since our last pod where there was some surprises. So let's recap this really quick. So what happened since last week, we have a trade where um, Greg and Hans sent Bijan to Don and Yoni for 33 bucks. And then we have Sam who traded, who bought from Josh and I, Jordan Addison for 15. Donnie bought Amon St. Brown. So Yoni and Don bought Amon St. Brown from us for 22. And then the Waddle trade that you talked about where Brad is giving up 15 for Waddle. Okay, I think the thing that we want to talk about here that is shocking to us is the Bijan Mm -hmm. trade. Because it seems like Greg and Hans would be were buying a few weeks ago and now they're selling. Is that how you interpreted it? Yeah, I, I, I don't really understand. They got a lot. I think if you, you could take a look that Bijan in the draft, his value is $50. I don't know if you can keep him for 50 again next year just based off of how dysfunctional Atlanta seems to be in using their stars. It might have been just, it's an offer we can't refuse, right? That's, this is a lot of money. Maybe they felt that with Eckler and Mostert, they had the better production anyways. And they're like, this is the flex guy or bench guy for us at this point. Why not make some money? But it does seem, hey, look, any given week, tomorrow Mostert's head could fall off. And then what do you do? So uh, it's a little weird. You you don't want to trade away strength when you're trying to win. So I I don't understand it, but I, I try to give a silver lining maybe. I, I think what I'm looking at it is like there's a $17 difference, right? So mm-hmm. I think there's the way they look at it is they're not going to keep Bijan. Bijan's production has been up and down this year. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's an expensive keeper to keep, especially for a guy going into his second year on the Falcons, which we've talked about on the last pod. And then yeah. in return, they're getting Mostert and Eckler, who I think they could probably keep you know both of them in the $17 difference. That's the only thing I can think what makes the most amount of sense. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely confusing to me. Looking at it, I think I understand where they're coming from in, in preparing for next year to have to have those guys on their roster no matter what. Donnie, Yoni and Don, big buyers. Bijan, Amon St. Brown, spending $55. They're really going for it this year. They're in pole position. And I, I don't blame them, c- candidly. Like, next year is next year. Like, they'll deal with that when it comes around. And who knows, maybe they'll start selling almost right when we're allowed to in, in this new season. But how do you feel about them spending 55 for Bijan and, and Amon St. Brown? This felt like a very large risk. It, neither of these guys have really produced this year. And for the money you're spending, 
you're I think you're looking at put it this way Eckler and Mostert went for 50. If you ask me would I rather have Eckler and Mostert for $50 or Bijan and Amon Ra for 55, it's a no-brainer to go 50 on Mostert and Eckler. I'm a little surprised. Not these are big names and I just every year is different. This has been a weird year. It felt like they play or paid for names that they're hoping are going to improve over the last 8 weeks of our season here. But I think it was a risky amount to spend because now they're putting themselves in the lower amount of money going forward into baseball and basketball. That's normal. You're going to wager it all to try and win when you have the opportunity. So I get it. For the dollars, though, I I think they could have gone and gotten some better performers from this year. I'm I'm really interested to see what happens when we get to baseball draft and we get to football draft and seeing what values guys are going to be treated for when it comes to prior to keeper time. There's going to be some decisions to be made. I'm getting the feeling that there's going to be, it's going to be very rare that teams are going to keep three guys as the year goes on. I think basketball, that's going to be pretty standard. And I think as we get into uh, baseball and football, I think it's going to be quite rare that three guys get kept for lots of different reasons. Like I think, Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be guys or teams with money who want to hold out on keeping a guy because they can get him for less. And I think there's going to be teams who, who who spent this year thinking that next year they'll just let guys go and get some some cheap deals as, as well. And also they can't afford it because they spent a lot of their money. So it'll be really interesting to see how the year plays out as we you know, see more of these trades develop and, and the amount of keepers that are kept. One trend that has been interesting is a lot of guys that get traded for in the regular season where you're like, this is going to be a good keeper for me. I'm going to go for it. They haven't been kept. So Tyler Hero, for example, for you guys, you, you could have kept him 15 bucks, and the way everything panned out, the liver deals fell apart where I think you guys were probably thinking like, oh, this guy's going to Portland and he's going to be by himself going a Jordan Poole route. Although <laughs> per our text today, the Jordan Poole route <laughs> is not going very well in Washington. Yeah, it, it it's interesting so far because I think people get an idea of what values are going to be and then you get into your draft prep and you realize all those values are getting tossed because of things that have changed that you didn't really anticipate. It's in auction, it makes it really different when you're putting dollars to people and a lot can change in off seasons that really impact people's value. We talked about it with Mustard. The least amount of $15 is a really nice wrinkle that is, I think works out really well within the league because you can't just hold on to a guy for two bucks. Like it, it throws guys back in and you have to make a, a really tough decision. Is this guy going to go for more than what we can keep? And there's some, and we have to make tough choices. Like we, for example, for on our end, like with Anthony Davis, he's going to get hurt, whatever. But like mm-hmm. at the moment, like he went for, we kept him for 43, I think. And it's been, that would be a steal based off how he's played this year. Right. And so I think there's, it's going to come down to, do you think this guy's going to go for less? And it's going to be very dependent on the sport. Basketball. It feels like it's going to go over no matter what. Baseball, it probably will stay around the same. Football, I'm guessing it might go under. It's going to be it's going to be very interesting. I'm super excited to see how it plays out because these are all theories. I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, it, it's and in about four weeks here, everyone gets their dollars reopened for the next season. Once our trade deadline passes and the football players lock, then we're going to open up. At first, I thought when football ends, I'd open up the money, but in theory. There really isn't a harm to opening it after our trade deadline passes because everything locks there. Any trades you'd be having would be future dollars for baseball season, which seems apt. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there and and people trying to 
get some value early on for some baseball spend. Let's go into our, any other trades that you want to talk about first? How about the Harden trade overall? That was a wild, I, I, I don't like it I for either team. I was going to go for a while. But oh. it just seems like the, the Clippers are doing what the Clippers do and having a roster of Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi. Um, I don't know how that works. They, they traded away a lot of depth, but also gave up almost nothing. I think the picks are what did it, but I guess the Sixers wanted some role players and they got four journeymen, right? I, I, I think the Sixers just wanted to get rid of him no matter what. Yeah. I think there was one team... And I think the one team was bidding against themselves, and that ended up being the Clippers. I, c- I couldn't see another team making an offer. And it is going to be wildly interesting to watch these four guys play together because in in given the year, these guys were all MVP candidates, and there's nothing been like this. And they're all still very talented. Westbrook has been incredible this year. Not incredible, but he's been very serviceable, and he's like the alpha in there. Right. And him and Harden have a history of playing together, and it's going to be – very i'm very curious to see how they play together i think that's just what it comes down to because you have two guys who are incredible at defense in paul george mm-hmm. and Kawhi, like top of the nba in defense at the swing positions and then you have two guys who are just like they're just average or below average at best when it comes to defense and then but on the flip side on the offense like they're they're, yeah. they're ball dominant Westbrook and Harden are ball dominant. There's going to be a, a lot of weird possessions offensively with this team. Do all four start? Yes, 100%. How many 100%. games in the regular season do all four play together? I think this is where you're going to have those. I get your point. There's no one else that could possibly start. But but that's just a such a weird lineup to roll out there. You're rolling Paul George out at the four, maybe? Yeah, him or, yeah, him or Kawhi would have to play the four with Zubac. That's so you play big teams, and that that's a liability. If anyone's going to play you tough inside, I don't like that for them. Not many teams I, play I, that kind of ball anymore. But I don't see I don't see somebody volunteering on that team to come off the bench at all. I think it's going to come down to injury. If the game's played, like there's going to be some rest, but they all want to get theirs. Like they all want to get theirs. Like they all want to be all NBA. They all want to make their money, mm-hmm. and you get more money by being all NBA. That's why they put in those rules. I am fascinated to see what happens. This just within, strikes me as a team that they're going to they're going to make the playoffs, and you're gonna you're gonna get the stat line round one where it's like Harden, Westbrook, Kawhi, and Paul George have only played 13 games together in the regular season. We're all four on the court, right? So you're going to have these guys make the playoffs probably it's kind of like mm-hmm. a net situation, and then they're going to get just blown out because they're going to have no team synergy. They're not going to know how to play together when they're in playoffs, and all four are playing every game. And they're going to wind up with a, a team like the Kings or something or the Suns first round who are just going to annihilate them. That's what it feels like. I'm interested to see what the Sixers do on this with Embiid because they didn't get a whole lot back. Yeah, um, one, players. I, think I mean, this is going to be, Kenya Martin's not yeah. great. Batum is just no. a contract throw-in. Washed. Marcus yeah, exactly. Morris will give you 10 minutes to 15 minutes off the bench. They got nobody back. It wasn't even depth, really. It so was a one and two twos. I think the Knicks Yeah. Are, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, but the Clippers are going to be above average in the NBA, so they're not going to be particularly low picks there. So we'll see if there's going to be more trading going on within that team. Let's go. Let's get into our awards here. All right. All right. As as we said, it's it is Caddyshack, and the first word, the first award here is 
I want a hot dog, I want a hamburger, I want a sandwich. You'll get nothing and you'll like it. I want a hamburger, no, a cheeseburger. I want a hot dog, I want a milkshake, I want potatoes. You'll chips. get nothing and like it. This is a two-parter for me, I'll go first here. I have Sam who wanted Amon St. Brown, didn't get him and ended up going and getting Addison from us and he losing Cousins. That's a big dagger because I think we all can maybe assume that Addison's value is going to go drop with Cousins, even though they made a trade today for Josh Dobbs. So we'll see how much he picks up the offense. So maybe his value doesn't get hurt that much because Dobbs is, I think, a serviceable quarterback, mm -hmm. but he's nothing like Cousins in terms of fantasy value. And then the second part I have here is, is Sam's basketball team. Oh, poor Sam. He wanted a lot of guys. He didn't make any bids. It was extremely challenging for him to get the guys he wanted. And his team, one weekend, is already paying the price. Looking at the, the averages in the counting stats of points, rebounds, assists, he's in the bottom three. I think there's only two categories where he's in the top five. And again, it's week one, and he didn't have Harden. But I don't think Harden's fantasy value necessarily goes up by being on the Clippers. So Sam wins that award for me. It's with the Dobbs trade, I can't recall a starting quarterback getting moved and then immediately starting another team in a trade deadline before. You know, a lot of other go, but that's interesting. And, and good for Dobbs. He goes from a team where everyone came in like this guy's going to be garbage here. And now he goes to a team that has some real weapons and they're in the playoff hunt at four and four, the wild card at least. I know the Lions look great this year, but good for Dobbs. But yeah, so. I went with myself and in, in, in Zach's basketball teams here in, in week one where I blew out Zach's team and I was feeling good about myself. And so then I went and looked at your team who also was like blew out a team. And I realized you would have beat me 6-3. So I realized that I thought I had a lot on my team and then I'm not that great. And then also looking at Zach's team, it's like it was just an awful week one. And Muster talked on this. It was a big spend. And then you as well had this on Jokic and... I think that was one of those weeks you're going to see from that team. He spent a lot, but Jokic had a three-game week. And as a result, his team had no stats. Not great for Zach. It's, a basketball is going to be a fascinating to, to follow because I think, candidly, like, I think if there's teams that are going to be at the bottom of basketball, I think they're going to start selling fast. Like, I really do. Like, I, just, I don't see the point of trying to compete when you can either – get dollars for next year or just like load up for load up for the other sports. But it's, I guess the challenge there is you don't, if you give up early and you're getting dollars, like who's going to give you the dollars so you can be better when the, the middling teams think they're going to, they're going to be better in the following sports as well. So to put this in perspective, I, I Zach was dead last last week in free throw percentage, threes, points, rebounds, steals. Second, third to last in blocks, and second to last in assists. Yeah, so <laughs> this, this like third to last in assists, and he has Jokic. Think about that. Yep. Yeah, I have like I have run. two like, centers on my roster and beat him in rebounds. Yeah, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. So like Zach's team, and obviously it's still early, but let's say he continues on a losing streak and is in the bottom half after the first, let's say, eight weeks. Mm -hmm or until this deadline happens, like he knows he's already low on cash this year. Same with Don and Yoni, like they're low on cash. Mm -hmm. Like where are they gonna get the cash for this year to compete? When they could say, you know what? We're gonna swap cash or swap players and, and get cash for the next year, right? Right. This is just, I think the nature of this league is, 
I, I really believe the methodology you go with is you go for it all in one year and then the other, an off year you'll be okay unless you're gerbert because i don't see gerbert ever doing that ever i think they'll try and stay the course very very much gerbert and brad are the teams that just don't particularly punt and i think you're right i think they both will just always stay the course and and do what they can do where I think you and I are much more by, by doing what you do is like trying to win without yeah, sacrificing exactly the following year where you and I will burn money to win and then throw it all away to go to the next year. And sometimes you'll do the same thing week to week. Yeah. Adding in making doing cash instead of a traditional snake draft is changes the whole strategy for sure. Oh, yeah. I think it, it, it's going to be, I, I love it. I think it's super fun. I think it's, it makes trading a lot easier in my opinion, like, it comes down to the dollar and you don't have to worry about swapping like picks. There's a lot of like a lot of elements that can be factors here. And I like the idea that you can swap cash back the next year. So like in any of the trades that we've done and you and I did one earlier this year where the Otani trade, okay, yeah, you gave me, you might've given me 60, but I gave you 20 back or whatever right. it was like that. There is, I think a lot of potential exchanges like that happening and they're going to happen earlier in the year than later. Yeah, we've had a few just straight um, up dollar trades like that. Sam and Grant did one before football draft. Just, we're going to swap future dollars for dollars now. And that that's a nice part of this league. It's being able to put a price point on current dollar value versus future state and, and have that just be a trade in itself. It's nice. Yeah, I, I definitely think that this can be, those dollar swaps I think are going to become more common. Mm-hmm as the years go on in this league how and what the, those values are going to be yeah. is it going to be two and a half to one two to one three to one i have no idea but i think that will be more of a popular move as we move forward yeah. all right what's this next one johnny uh we've got let's see remember danny two wrongs don't make a right but three rights make a left on this one what i do you have for this one i brought it up earlier the buying from donny I, I like what they're doing they spent a lot of money on two guys that haven't shown it yet this year for whatever reason, right? All the talent in the world, but either injuries or just scheme hasn't really fit them. And I, I think they they might have made three rights here. They, there are three lefts and they turned right, maybe. Well, we'll see. Um, but yeah, yeah, we definitely talked about it. it it's, I think it's you got to have like when you're in the pole position, you always got to have a pulse on 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 who is going to be available. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they didn't even know. Most certain Eckler were available, but we got to give them kudos for making the deals yep. that they did. Like I, I like going for it, even though Bijan has been like up and down production this far, and the Falcons are a pain in the ass to have a player on. They, it's only we're only eight weeks in, right? right. Like they could easily and turn it around, and he could get the ball a lot more and be a, a focal point. That could end up being like a steal and surefire keeper. Yep. Same with Amon. Why not make why, why not make the trade earlier than later? There's still so much football left, and there's going to be guys that get hurt. There's going to be guys that come out of nowhere. There's going to be a ton of... I think we're far from done from trading, but Everyone's i got to give them credit for, for making the moves. getting a little wet right now, right? They're, that the big names went a week ago a little bit. I don't think we're done yet. I, I think you're going to see a lot more move. Now people are going to feel each other out for a week or two. Uh, and usually what happens here is, is one bad week, one head-to-head matchup from the new kind of powerhouses. If someone blows someone out, there's some buying that happens. And there's still guys to be had on, on a lot of the teams here that are just going to wind up selling. It, it'll be, I think we're in for a nice arms race in football this year. 
hundred percent. I I like so for this one I have I have Greg the buying and the selling. And I know I went over it a little bit, <laughs> yeah. but it was definitely it just caught me off guard. It just like totally caught me off guard of wait you're buying okay Raheem. So I didn't understand why they were buying in the first place because they weren't really in position to um to finish in the top three. But maybe they're like we talked about it in one of the past pods of like different teams are gonna have different strategies. Like maybe a strategy is like we just want to win a sport. Yeah. Like it guarantees us money. Like even though we finish fifth, but if we win the sport, like we get seven fifty, that pays for all the dues, and that's maybe that's what they were going for. And then, then eleven days later, going in 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 trading Bijan. So definitely, we caught me off guard there. And I was like, Wait, are you going right? Are you going left? What are you, you doing cold? Here? Maybe yes, maybe no. I don't know. But you look, like look, their team is so uh, good that Mostert sits on their bench. If you look at the Grand's team, it's Eckler, Kamara, AJ Brown, Jamar Chase. Keenan Allen, they've got Sam Laporta and Tua, and then they've got in the flex quarterbacks Montgomery, Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray, Mostert, Rashard White. They got Daryl Henderson. Mike Evans is on the bench, so it was like, why not? That's a team you don't want to play. You don't want to play that. Now you're saying this. You just pull up a thought in my head where it may be worth in this upcoming i know we, we already i don't know how the first of all i don't know how we're doing votes like with the overlap mm-hmm. this may be a little tricky but maybe we just have to do it before the, the sport starts like within a certain amount of time but it may be worth to incentivize more trading in dollars and again we're all about the parody mm-hmm. of expanding the football roster because if there's more football rosters spots available like in the starting positions then there's more opportunity to trade to get guys to fill that in and the theory there is, okay, if there's more guys to fill in, more dollars are getting traded, the teams that trade them for the players won't be as good the next year. Right. And there's more dollars going to the teams that will hypothetically be better next year because they have more dollars. So I've, I've been placating you guys a bit that when people are like, oh, can you add this to the vote tab? I haven't added anything to a vote tab this entire last two years. Mm-hmm. Because usually it's an idea and then it fizzles out. And the ones that you guys truly get riled up about that usually sticks and we don't need a vote tab it comes back up again the hard part is we're already a three wide receiver league we could move to get rid of kickers and go two flexes i don't like it i think some where i would go with kind of voting stuff it's interesting is that i don't like the emergence of running quarterbacks scoring more points than your traditional passing quarterbacks so one of the proposals i'd have out there is either changing the yard calculation for passing Bring it from 25 to 20 per for your point to score, just so that, and, and the way I look at it is, here's your top 10 at the end of the year. If we change, change that scoring, what would the new top 10 quarterbacks be? Because if Anthony Richardson didn't go down, and no, no shot to you, that guy is just, he, he would have been a top 10 quarterback because of rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, just like Fields was last year. But if you looked at their quarterback play, it was, it, they were beating out guys in the top 10 that I was like, this probably shouldn't be the this should be the other way around i still want to reward touchdowns it's just the 10 points per rush is starting to make quarterbacks worth a little bit less and we are in a golden age of great quarterbacks in the league right now and i like kickers yeah i i i no the reason why i like that johnny really quick is because even though we ha- we're in a golden age of really good quarterbacks i feel like it, there's still the bottom half is quite bad Yes, and but the bottom half can get made up for it if they're like if they happen to be a running quarterback. So I'm actually in a, I'm actually in a, in on that idea of having dropping it down from 25 to 20 yeah. just to even the playing field a little bit. 
one thing it does do, it, it provides a little bit more value for like guys like the Mahomes. Yeah. And for the Staffords and, and like that who Justin are, Herbert, are more for example. Like, he should be a top five quarterback in fantasy, right? And he winds up usually in the seven or eight spot because he doesn't tend to run as much or get as many rushing touchdowns as some other guys. And and, and that's where it is. And you can't change the passing touchdowns for them because then they make their way too high. It blows. Then you don't want a running quarterback. So you got to find a, a a middle ground there. And I think in terms of the rosters, though, like you don't need to get rid of kicker. You just open up to one more flex and maybe reduce the bench by one. Yeah, so move it to a starting spot as opposed to a bench spot. Yeah, because we don't have a lot of bonuses, so that's not going to affect... We're not a bonus league. You don't get the the bonus for 100 yards or 10 catches or 40-yard touchdowns or anything like that, right? We we go a little bit more just stats for stats, and to Rob's uh, dismay, uh, that PPRs actually get you half points for no reason. Um it, it's another thing to look at because now, because the league is so passing prevalent, do you need to be in a PPR league anymore? If you look at the top 20, it's no longer the case that running backs are dominating that. If you took PPR out, it would be more split, I think, in our group. But the industry's moved to PPR. It's, it's the standard. But if you take the stats, there's not a lot of bell cow singles standalone running backs anymore. So PPR actually just inflates the backup running back who's in on third downs and adds value to a guy that you could probably go the other way now. Yeah, I don't see PPR ever, or getting rid of PPR well, ever passing candidly, but I get what you're saying. It's like almost in the same vein of, okay, do we want to just, instead of drafting because of the turnover of running backs, do we want to do, you draft a team's running back? We've talked about that, that be before. that, Right. That, I mean, like, you, you don't like, get, okay, instead of getting most dirt, you get the Dolphins. And you have exactly. every exactly. so do you best ball that then, or do you have to declare? I get the Dolphins, but I'm starting Mostert. I'm not sure. Yeah, I honestly, I've never been in a league like that. I don't know how yeah. it works. It would be, it'd be something to maybe look into. I know I've seen leagues that do it with quarterbacks because if a quarterback goes down or like yeah. early in the game, like you're after you lose it, and there is, and I think what happens is usually you accumulate the whole stats for the quarterbacks, but. Again, I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of that. I, the what I like the idea if Mostert goes down and A Chain is now the number one guy on waivers and everybody can go get him, but you have to spend a pretty penny to do it. it. Would, That's why you have waiver dollars. It would require a lot of coordination if we were just going to run it too through Yahoo because Fab would get weird. We'd have to just be like, all right, if you're mm-hmm. buying a guy, like what happened? Because you, if we have ten teams, then twenty running back cores would be taken. So if you're going to be out there, I'm going to drop my backup group. Or maybe actually, no, all 30 would go because we have flex spots. And it gets a little messy doing it that way. You almost have to do your whole league that way where you're drafting wide receiver cores and quarterback cores as opposed to doing it. But, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it's a separate league for another time. All right, Johnny, we're going to close it out here. One thing I want to say to everybody, we're going to be moving our recording times. As much as we liked doing it on Fridays, it is just a pain in the ass for me to edit and, and return it. Back we're too drunk to by the guys in this effort. I'm a busy guy. I like my weekends. There's always things going on. Yeah, so we're going to be living it. Kids and sleeping in on weekends. It just sucks. It's rough. Yeah, Soho House. I'll send you guys some photos. <laughs> All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, we're going to be getting this out to you earlier in the week. It's a little bit more ideal for football season, and if we have to change it again for basketball, we will. But peace, guys. Love you. Good luck. No, still GFYF. <laughs>